WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. That's May 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 13th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Snow going to begin around 7 o'clock here in the city. It's going to fall at a rate of 1 to 2 inches inches an hour until the storm moves out early this afternoon. The totals we're being told uh, told here in the city and the immediate suburbs will be between five to eight inches. The high today will be 41 and then it clears out. So tonight and overnight, it'll be clear, low 31. And then Wednesday, sunshine, high 38. If you are walking out the door with us right now, just wet roads here in the city. 32 and snowing, though, in Sloatsburg up in Rockland County. It is 31 and snowing in Blairstown down in New Jersey. And 33 in a snow-rain mix here in Midtown. This will be a day where it'll be all about the weather. New York City says it's prepared for up to... Eight inches of snow heading the city's way. They're urging New Yorkers, you and me, if you're here in the big city, to take it easy today. Here's the mayor. Uh, We have not had any significant snowfall for quite some time. In fact, it was amazing how little salt we had to use last year. Uh, But, you know, the time has come. You know, Mother Nature does what she wants to do. Yeah, it's fun to be smacked by a storm. It's been a while. Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tisch started at midnight. These thousands of sanitation workers putting salt on every street, highway, bike lanes. They'll plow as soon as there's some sort of accumulation. That's not going to start until later this morning. Usually about two inches when they start doing that. Uh, The current forecast calls for light rain beginning around midnight. Well, that happens. Transitioning to snow Tomorrow morning, uh, we expect at least uh, five to eight inches now. We could get more. Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tisch saw those trucks out there. Uh, we saw them out this morning, uh, mostly putting the salt down. And we will be prepared to plow every street, every highway, and every bike lane as soon as accumulations hit two inches or more. Sanitation Department using this GPS technology called Blade Runner so they can follow where all the trucks are, where the plowing's being done. And we also have new GPS technology. It's called Blade Runner 2.0 that allows us to surgically manage our salt spreading and our plowing operations. New York City public schools, they're all remote today. No snow day. The, you know, COVID killed the snow day for New York City kids. They don't get them anymore. So uh, they'll be online. City's Chancellor David Banks says the city's 900,000 students, the uh, largest school system, of course, in the nation, will have to log on this morning to get to class long gone are the days of uh uh, just a snow day and everybody just has off yeah it was fun but when the kids had a snow day uh most of the suburban schools by the way they're shut today so they do have a snow day bank says technical issues shouldn't be an issue since the city's 1800 schools have been prepping for a day like this for months and it's the first remote school day since schools were fully reopened after the pandemic mta says they plan to run normal service on buses, subways, commuter rails during the storm, with the exception of Metro North, which will run on a slightly modified schedule. The MTA chair, CEO, Jano Lieber, says they're doing what they can to ensure business as usual for the morning commute. And it'll probably be more about the afternoon commute because right now it's just wet streets. The subways and the commuter railroads are deploying snow-fighting trains 
tow trucks, de-icing systems to protect the tracks and the switches. That's the key, tracks and switches. We're watching on 35 snow fighting vehicles ready to clear bus routes and moves being made to prevent snow from building up on the electric third rails, brake lines from freezing. That's all part of what they're going to do during the storm today. We have 35 snow fighting vehicles on standby to clear our bus routes on bridges and tunnels, the MTA bridges and tunnels. We've got almost 9,000 tons of de-icing material ready and 115 pieces of equipment actually in position. My guess is a lot of people are going to stay home today. I'm guessing the commute will not be so crazy. Metro North President Kathy Rinaldi talking about what's going to happen on the Metro North line today. We're probably not going to see as many people. So what we're trying to do is put together a schedule that maximizes the reliability of our system by not having as many switching moves over certain switch locations that tend to get a little bit iced up over a storm like this. And of course, everybody wants to weigh in whenever there's a big storm coming in. And uh, here was the governor yesterday talking about uh, downstate. This is a downstate storm. Greatest impact will be on tomorrow's commute. Downstate, the Rams is already told schools they'll be working remotely, much to the chagrin of the children, and heavy wet snow is expected in Long Island. So, Yeah, so just about anywhere you can hear us, you're going to get some form of snow. Some of us, this is one of those rare storms where the city's going to get it more, the immediate suburbs are, than north and west of the city, which usually gets socked a whole lot harder. So uh, for Valentine's Day, no excuses, though. Everything should be cleared out. We are expecting to see in Long Island and New York City six to eight inches. The Hudson Valley and Catskills, anywhere from 8 to 12 inches, and uh, up to 18 in some places. Capital Region, 2 to 6 inches. Over in New Jersey, Governor Murphy says New Jersey ready to handle this snow. Could bring a foot to parts of northern New Jersey. Strong winds, coastal flooding, state emergency operations centers been activated in New Jersey. State offices will operate on a delayed opening. Offices will open at 10 a.m. There is a commercial vehicle ban that went into effect at midnight. A winter storm warning for the following county. Sussex, Warren Morris, Hunterdon, Somerset, Passaic, Bergen, and Western Essex. And if uh, you're driving and see our crews tending to our roads, please clear the roadway and let them pass safely. Didn't Groundhog uh, Phil say that we were going to get an early spring? Uh, apparently that's not happening. You know, we saw Puxitani Phil last week. Uh, and uh, I think it's fair to say he's led us astray uh, because this is not the following week that we were expecting. Yeah, checking in with uh, National Weather Service meteorologist Jim Connolly laying it all out. The rain will mix with and change the snow by, say, 7 a.m. Um, then we're going to be looking at snow at times. Um, tapering off sometime after noon. Yeah, so it's it's a quick storm. It's going to come in, go right out by noon or 1 o'clock. Again, New York City's going to get hit harder in this one than some other sections that normally do. Yeah, because the, tra- the storm is tracked a little bit south and east over the ocean, that brings the higher snowfall amounts further south. So areas north and west of the city, we've seen the amounts lowered as far as the forecast goes and amounts high, uh, raised across the east. All right, so here's what we know. Snow totals could reach 8 inches for the city. More likely six. That's what some meteorologists are saying. But we'll watch us all morning long. Isolated spots, areas like Suffolk County on Long Island, New Jersey, Sussex County could see higher totals. Of course, keep it here. 77 WABC for the trail of the storm all day long. WABC News Time 509. Let's go up to the Bronx. Horrible.
subway shooting. This was about 4.30 yesterday, number four train, Mount Eden train station. Someone opened fire. We don't know yet who. Hit six people, killed one of them. The victims range in age from 14 to 71. The injuries to uh, five of these people are bad, believed to be life-threatening. The NYPD chief of transit, Michael Kemper, says the incident was not a random shooting. It was two groups of teenagers that were engaged in some sort of dispute while riding this number four train. And then someone in that group pulled out a gun, started firing, spraying bullets inside the subway car. The doors opened up, uh, and at least one of the individuals in that group, or in the two groups, uh, took out a gun and fired shots. People started running off the train onto the platform, and more shots were fired while on the platform. Yes, strap hangers just running for cover, not sure where the bullets were coming from. Maybe 12, and then we heard maybe around 14. 14 shots back to back. All I heard was blah, 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 blah. Some of the victims who suffered gunshot wounds believed to be part of that initial dispute, although it remains unclear which ones were involved. I saw two girls that were being carried. Injured? Like, I think she was like 16, 17. And then one lady that was sitting on the, under the train, I think there was a bullet that came out of her jaw, hit her jaw. Now I heard two chives screaming, and then that's where I heard shotgun boom 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 and that's that's what i ran uh i was too scared so i ran downstairs police investigating whether the 34 year old victim he was the one that died was involved in the initial dispute or was just an innocent bystander so far no signs of the gunman but police say they'll find him soon enough you are now nypd's most wanted and you have the greatest detectives in the world looking for you we suggest you turn yourself in because you're not going to make it. Yeah, as of this morning, still looking for that gun then. 5-12, let's go down to D.C. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin expected to make a full recovery. Back hospitalized over the weekend for an emergency bladder issue. Secretary Austin currently remains hospitalized at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center and is in good condition. Major General Pat Ryder there talking to reporters. Austin transferred his powers to Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks. The 70-year-old retired general had been treated recently for prostate cancer, was admitted to the critical care unit. You'll remember they didn't reveal all of that, so this time they're talking everything about his latest hospital Deputy Secretary. Secretary Hicks continues to retain the functions and duties of the Secretary of Defense at this time. We anticipate a successful recovery and will closely monitor him overnight. A prolonged hospital stay is not anticipated. 512, let's go down to Texas. We're learning a little more about that woman who pulled out an assault rifle to shoot parishioners at Joel Osteen's mega church in Houston. We do have some anti-Semitic writings that we have uncovered during this process. Police Commander Chris Hasek there says there was also a sticker on her weapon that simply read Palestine. The gunman identified as Janice Moreno. The 36-year-old used a male name in the past, but police stopped short of saying whether she may have been transgender. She brought a 7-year-old boy with her. He was by her side and was shot in the head during this melee. Police say the child clinging to life in the hospital. There was a familial dispute between her ex-husband and her ex-husband's family, and some of those individuals are Jewish. Yes, so it was involving some sort of family feud. Not sure why it played out inside the church. All those details still have to be played out. So we believe that that might, might possibly be where all of this stems from.
514, President Biden says he's working with U.S. allies in the Middle East to secure the release of more hostages being held by Hamas. Biden met with the King of Jordan Monday at the White House. The president told reporters a deal between Israel and Hamas is in the works for a six-week pause in fighting. Biden also warned of the dire humanitarian situation in the Gaza Strip, noting that too many of the 27,000 Palestinians killed in the conflict have been innocent civilians and children. The meeting with King Abdullah is the first since three U.S. soldiers were killed in Jordan in a drone attack carried out by an Iranian-backed militia. I'm Brian Shook. While we're down at the White House, they're dismissing concerns over the president's age. We're going to continue to focus on what this president has been able to get done on behalf of the American people. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre talking to reporters says Biden's age experience will make him an effective leader, highlighting his legislative wins. The president's age, of course, becoming a primary issue leading up to the presidential election following that special counsel report that found Biden appeared to have significant limitations regarding his memory. President Biden does more. More in one hour than most people do in a day. His age with experience and expertise is an incredible asset, and he proves it every day. How he turned the economy back on its feet. The 14.8 million jobs that he was able to create. Unemployment is at under 4%. Beat Big Pharma because Medicare can now negotiate and lower costs for the American people. Of course, Republicans see it a different way. We'll get into that part of the story in a moment. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Noam Lloyd, and happy Tuesday morning. We'll begin on the hardwood here. The Knicks lost a nail-biter to the Rockets on the hardwood in Houston by the score of 105 to 103, thanks to uh, call referees ultimately said it was wrong. Aaron Holiday had 18 points capped by two free throws after the disputed foul call by Jalen Brunson behind the three-point line. To lift the Rockets to the victory, Precious Atua blocked a short shot by Jalen Green, and Holiday grabbed the ball beyond the arc and shot it as Brunson rushed out at him and was called for the foul. After the game, crew chief Ed Malloy said that in live action they believed, quote, the lower body contact was illegal contact, but their opinion changed following a replay review Brunson was asked about what he thought of the foul three different times and answered with the same four words each time. Great call. Next question. Oh, okay. There it is. Great call. Next question. I guess. Great call. Uh, Next question. Yeah. He doesn't want to uh, get fined, I guess. <laughs> Brunson had 27 points and Dante DiVincenzo scored 23 as the Knicks lost their third straight tonight. The Nets returned to action at home. Getting set to welcome in the Boston Celtics for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. On the ice at the Garden, the Rangers needed a top-flight performance from their starting goalie, and Igor Shosturkin gave them one from start to finish against the Calgary Flames, stopping 30 shots for his first shutout of the season en route to New York's 2-0 win and their fifth win in a row. Will Cooley and Jimmy Vesey scored for the uh, first-place Rangers, who were 6-1-1 in their last eight games. Shosturkin recorded his 12th career shutout and second straight win to improve to 21-12-1. On the season in Newark, All-Star Jack Hughes had a goal and an assist for his first point since being injured in early January. Nico Dawes made 27 saves, and the Devils beat the Seattle Kraken 3-1 last night, handing the Kraken their third straight loss. Tyler Toffoli and Dawson Mercer also scored for New Jersey, which swept the two-game series uh, with two-game season series, I should say, with Seattle. The Devils have allowed just one regulation goal in each of the last two games, losing to Carolina one to nothing on Saturday. They'll see if they can keep it rolling on the road tonight, gearing up for a visit to Nashville to face off with the Predators at 8 p.m. And the Islanders will lace them up tonight as well, hosting the aforementioned Seattle Kraken for a 7.30 p.m. Puck drop. 
That's Sports Known, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go back down to Washington, D.C. The president defending himself against that special counsel report that said he was having memory issues. Republicans say none of this is funny to them. The idea that he's mentally unfit to stand trial begs the question, is he mentally unfit to be the commander in chief? Texas Congressman Mike McCall says the report emboldens our enemies who are eager to pounce on America's weaknesses. He projects weakness, not strength, projects mentally uh, unfit states of mind. I think this really calls into question our national security. And you had that ABC News Ipsos poll conducted days after the report that found 86 percent of Americans believe Biden is too old to serve in office. Uh, he was joking about all this, his memory, following that special counsel report as he made a speech before the National Association of Counties yesterday. What I didn't realize, and I've been around, I know I don't look like it, but I've been around a while. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. All right. 520. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., apologizing to his family now after that Super Bowl commercial in support of his presidential campaign. He wrote on X that he's sorry if the ad caused any pain to his family. Kennedy said the American Values Super PAC created and aired the advertisement without his campaign's involvement or approval. The FEC prohibits Super PACs from doing so. Kennedy's cousin Bobby Shriver criticized him Sunday on X, writing that their family would be appalled by his deadly health care views. Despite Kennedy's apology, as of Monday afternoon, the ad remains pinned to the top of his ex-profile. I'm Mark Mayfield. Let's go down to the Texas border. A Pakistani man whose name is on the terror screening database caught crossing the border, then released by immigration officials. Texas Governor Greg Abbott wonders how many other cases like this one have slipped through the cracks. They're arresting dangerous gang members all the time, including they, they arrested a MS-13 gang member who uh, was on the terrorist watch list. Texas has a plan to put more boots on the ground, roll out more razor wire. The Pakistani man has since been taken back into custody. Under Joe Biden's tenure, there's been an all-time record number of people on the terrorist watch list who were apprehended. What the FBI does not know is the number of people on the terrorist watch list who were able to evade detection, enter the United States illegally with the potential to cause catastrophic harm. And the new report suggests that Russian operatives are using the border battle to sow the seeds of division on social media. Experts say this is, well, nothing new. They're very good, actually, in capitalizing on already existing issues within society. That's Inga Trautig, who leads the Propaganda Research Lab at the University of Texas. Western democracy is a political model that Putin sees as a main competitor to his Russian model. This information manages to spread easily because Elon Musk has been so adamant in cutting down on content moderation. 522. The U.S. doesn't support the Israeli military operations in the Palestinian city of Rafah until they say there's a plan to protect civilians who have been sheltering there. This was from the State Department. Matthew Miller, spokesman yesterday. We do not support any any military campaign in Rafah going forward as long as they cannot properly account for the uh, 1.1 million people, by some estimates, who are in Rafah today. He says Israel needs to have some sort of humanitarian plan. There needs to be a credible plan that they can actually execute before they undertake any military campaign in Rafah. Israeli forces freed two hostages that were held by Hamas yesterday. IDF announced this wave of attacks have been carried out in Rafah, about 20 miles southwest of Gaza City, as part of this mission to rescue those hostages. Those hostages got back home. Apparently, medically, they are okay back with their families today. 
Elon Musk is going to have to answer questions about how he bought Twitter. The SpaceX Tesla CEO has been under SEC scrutiny over Twitter stock that he purchased ahead of the leveraged buyout of the company. A judge ruled over the weekend that Musk must testify before the Securities and Exchange Commission, something his lawyers call harassment. Cal State East Bay professor Nolan Higgin disagrees. He says he should testify. So I don't really see him as a victim. I see him as a, you know, kind of dismissive person in a position of power with wealth who chose to ignore the government. And at least at some level, it's come back to bite him. There are rules about disclosure of stock purchases when anyone acquires more than 5% of a company's stock. The penalty for such an infraction is roughly $100,000. Of course, Musk's net worth is about $200 billion. WABC News Time 524, Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash drivers are going to strike on Valentine's Day. Drivers group said Monday they're seeking fair pay. This is the first strike call since Uber and Lyft went public in 2019. Groups said drivers are going to picket outside airports and Uber offices. The Justice for App Workers Coalition, which represents about 130,000 drivers, said drivers wouldn't provide rides to and from airports between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. in 10 cities. I'm Lisa Taylor. February, of course, is Valentine's Day. Well, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Nationally recognized American Heart Month, Dr. Timothy Mines, he's medical director with MedExpress, uh, says heart decorations are everywhere. It's the perfect time to raise awareness about getting your heart checked. Risk factors for developing heart disease include your lifestyle, age, family history, and high blood pressure, smoking, or high cholesterol. According to CDC, about half of all Americans have at least one of three key risk factors for heart disease. Yeah, number one killer for both men and women. One in five Americans die from some sort of a heart disease in 2021. Not everybody gets the chest pain in the middle of your chest, especially women. Sometimes it can be pain in the upper area of the body, especially left arm or sometimes stomach, neck or jaw or back, often associated with the left side, but doesn't always have to be. Sometimes it can be the right side. Yeah, good idea to always get that heart checked. Valentine's Day is tomorrow, popular time for couples to get engaged. It's also a busy time for lawyers who want to craft prenuptial agreements. Well, nothing says Valentine's Day like a prenup. We get busy sometimes with the, hey, I just proposed on Valentine's. Now I need a prenup before we actually get married. Uh, Okay. I do know people who've had to sign prenups and they say there's nothing really sexy or romantic about it. People are living longer and we have people getting divorced older and then remarrying. Yes. So, uh, you know, can't blame them. They want to protect their cash. And of course, one way to do that was with a foolproof solid prenup that uh, must be awkward to present to that loved one after you've asked them, you've gotten on your knee or maybe you're the wife with either one and you've uh, decided to get married. And now all of a sudden you bring the lawyers in and say, hey, uh, we're getting married. I realize that. But here you go. I need you to sign this prenup. We have people who've been married 40 years, get divorced. And then when they remarry, they have built up a lot of wealth by that stage of their life. Yeah, and they want to protect it. No problem with that. All right. Familiar face back on the air last night. This is The Daily Show with your host, John Stewart. Of course, he used to host The Daily Show. Now he'll be back behind that desk through the November election every Monday. We're going to have so much we're going to talk about this year. Uh, uh, obviously, the elections, maybe we'll talk about China. Maybe we'll talk about AI. Maybe something a little lighter, Israel-Palestine. Uh, who knows? <laughs> okay. The Daily Show has been using guest hosts following Trevor Noah's departure back in December of 2022. Wall Street closed mixed with the Dow at a new record high to start the week. Investors weighing 
earnings ahead of some key economic data. The Consumer Price Index, the Fed's flavored inflation gauge, is due out today. At the closing bell, the Dow rose 125 points. S&P 500 lost four. NASDAQ fell 48 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. That is me. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 13th. Your all important forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Snow begins around seven here in the city but as you've been hearing from joe nolan it is already snowing in parts of new jersey it'll fall at a rate of one to two inches an hour until the storm moves out early this afternoon it's a really fast moving storm totals here in the city immediate suburbs will be between five to eight inches the high today going to be 41 and then tonight it really is clear tonight overnight clear low 31 and then wednesday sunshine high 38 so quick storm if you're walking out the door with us right now 32 and snowing in Slotesburg up in Rockland County. It is 31 and snowing in Blairstown down in New Jersey, and it's mostly just a mix of snow and rain here in Midtown, 33 degrees, uh, 33 degrees rather. We'll start this half hour. Of course, it is all about the storm. And, you know, for the most part, if you can sit back and watch us and not have to be anywhere, it's okay. We are really excited. We like to build snowmen. We like to have fun. We like to drink hot chocolates. Not looking forward to the snow. It's a shame because it's been nice the past couple days, like the past week. I don't know. I kind of like it. You want to get socked at least one time during the season, and it's been a while since that happened. Of course, if you have to be somewhere, the morning commute is going to be messy. It already is in New Jersey. Keep it here. We'll make sure you get through. At all. I'm not a big fan of snow, so I'm not looking forward to shoveling, but at least the kids will have fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we didn't have much in a while, yeah, so yeah, yeah they are excited. New York City schools, they are all remote today, so you still have to log on to go to class, but you don't have to be in the building. A lot of suburban schools are closed. Others have delays. This UPS driver says, uh, like us, no matter how much it snows, he will be working today. Yeah, I'll be delivering packages all day. We don't stop. No rain and snow. We don't stop working. Yeah, people need those Amazon packages. Uh, How will the snow affect today's big race in the 3rd Congressional District? Yesterday, the candidates who want to take George Santos's seat making their final push. Last night, Nassau County Republicans rallying for Mozzie Pillip, who had some harsh words for her opponent, Tom Swazi. Tom Swazi, let me tell you this, okay? You have been lying to us, and you have been lying about me, and I promise you, tomorrow, February 13, you're going to remember this day, because Mozzie Pillip will knock you down. Ouch. Okay. Uh, Swazi says Pillup is a Trump clone and not good for the 3rd Congressional District. She's anti-choice. She's pro-guns. She won't support the bipartisan immigration deal. I mean, by not supporting that deal, you're keeping the border open and you're bringing more migrants to New York. By not supporting that deal, you're endangering Israel. By not supporting that deal, you're empowering Putin. People are sick of that. The border crisis has become one of the bigger issues for this campaign. The third district represents suburbs just east of New York City, a small part of Queens, Long Island, Nassau County. I'll 
eyes are on this race nationwide because it's the only special election happening today. And Republicans, of course, have that narrow lead in the House. So Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman says polls will open on time this morning, 6 a.m. They're going to stay open until 9 p.m. The Nassau County Board of Elections is preparing for the impact of this storm. Of course, they have to get poll workers to the polls. That will probably not be too difficult because they have to be there in about 24 minutes and the snow's not really hitting Long Island yet. But there's then the worry that people will say, I don't want to go. And then voters will say, I don't want to go. James Shurman, he is the Democratic Board of Elections Commissioner. He was speaking to News 12 last night. He says they are on top of this and that poll stations will be open. So you should try to get out early this morning. I don't I don't foresee that being a problem at all. Uh, We've been hard at work at this. This was not a storm, you know, that snuck up on us. We were tracking this for a few days. Uh, so, you know, we're very happy that, uh, um, we're able to backfill the poll workers that drop out. Like you said, in the morning, it might be a little rough, but it will clear up throughout the day. And, uh, our poll sites will be open. All 151 will be open. Yes. So if you are eager to vote in this third district race and you live in that district, uh, you should probably get out early and you'll be fine. Uh, but of course the fear is lots of people won't go. Special elections notoriously have small outings. People don't usually show up for them. Of course now the fear is that the weather will make it that even worse. So maybe those early votes, there was about 50,000 of them, will make the difference in this election. Either way, it'll be exciting to watch. Keep it here, 77 WABC. We'll have the latest on the race today and of course the results when they come out tonight. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to Queens. A man shot and killed by police at his apartment building in the Edgemere section of Queens yesterday. This all unfolded in an apartment building, Beach 51st Street, about 10.30 a.m. Cops were responding to a call of shots fired amid a domestic dispute between two brothers. So when they showed up, they believed one of the brothers had a weapon, but it was fake. Now, of course, how would cops know that it was fake? They opened fire on one of the brothers. They entered an apartment into a back bedroom where they knocked on the door and tried to make contact with the male who was inside the bedroom. They knocked on the door. They had a conversation through the door for a few minutes, at which point the door the door opens up. Our members go to step into the door, and then the male points a firearm at them. Police officers repeatedly told this guy to drop the weapon. He did not. Police then discharged multiple rounds. The man struck in the stomach and despite their efforts, this is after shooting him, of course, then they tried to save him. Uh, They rendered aid. The man was taken to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead shortly before noon. Here were some neighbors who heard the gunfire. I just think that it's a tragedy that something like that is going on out here. Uh, that's not good. That's not the kind of um, community I wanted to be in. You know, that's that's really bad. The two responding officers they were taken to a local hospital for evaluation for ringing in their ears. The man killed did not have any prior interactions with law enforcement. After testing out curfews at four migrant shelters, New York City expanded last night the restriction to more facilities, uh, 20 in all. It comes after several violent incidents involving migrants who live in city-run shelters. Uh, some New Yorkers, by the way, they don't like the fact that these curfews have been placed on migrants at shelters across the city. No, it's a little ridiculous. They're adults, aren't they? So scapegoating. Uh, the migrants are people just like anybody else. 
So this should be treated fairly. It's a waste of resources. It's not going to make a difference. So the curfew will be in place from 11 p.m. It started last night to 6 a.m. That aligns with those already in place at New York City homeless shelters. So they need to check in by 11 o'clock. The 30 shelters being put under curfew will house about 3,600 migrants. More than half of them are single men. I think they're trying their best. I think that the federal government should help out. It shouldn't be all New York City. It should be spread out all over the place. It seems like everybody is coming here. You know, we can't even control our own homeless that's already here. Yeah, and the buses, by the way, they continue to roll from the U.S.-Mexico border into New York. There are about 68,000 migrants in the city's care today. Yeah, absolutely. Why do they need to be on the streets any later? Listen, it's not going to help everything. Everything is not going to be helped. But I think it's fair because it's, it's it's a lot of things going on with the migrants when they come here. Yeah, so we'll see if the migrants uh, and the curfew makes a difference. A legal pot shop opened up in uh, Brooklyn, Bushwick, Brooklyn, yesterday. And this somewhat entertaining in the fact that people aren't necessarily buying stuff from legal pot shops. In fact, right in our neighborhood here, just about, I don't know, a couple hundred feet away from our office, there are people selling pot in what's clearly not a legal pop shop. But So I'm not sure why these ones that are legal are being celebrated when you don't have to wait for legal dispensaries to open. But the Emerald Dispensary opened in Bushwick yesterday, and they're making a big deal out of it. By the way, in Bushwick, there's tons of illegal pot shops you could already buy pot at. It's very important to buy from a dispensary for the simple fact, you know, is everything is tested, regulated. Products that consumers can choose from. Everything from pre-rolls to vaporizers to amazing flour from some of these New York cultivators. Yeah, but if you talk to the people who are buying from the quote-unquote illegal pot shops, they say everything works fine there and that the products are good. And so they find this entertaining as well. You know, when you buy it on the street, you don't really know what you're getting into and what you're buying. So, like, this is a great way for, I guess, like, younger people, like, obviously off age to... um, be sure that they know exactly what they're consuming. All right. Well, the Emerald Dispensary, which is legal, uh, is open now, officially opened up yesterday. Wild moment at the Jersey Shore. We're just finding out about this. It happened over the weekend. A two-year-old boy giving his parents the scare of a lifetime over the weekend. He was on the sand because, you know, it was beautiful over the weekend. And uh, all of a sudden, this hole opened up where he had been sort of shoveling, and it buried him. And uh, this was in Seagirt. And uh, police were raced to the scene. The father was digging frantically when all of a sudden his son just went missing under the sand. Uh, he was able to pull him out within about three minutes. And here's the good news is the kid is totally fine. A woman who works at the Jersey Shore as a lifeguard says she's seen this before. It's happened to her while she was on duty during the summer. Same thing. Hole opened up. A kid was buried. That kid was okay. I had no idea how dangerous the holes could be until I started lifeguarding. The kid survived. Yeah, we were able to free him, and it was definitely a lesson for the public that day to don't dig holes because it's not always the safest, and it's not it's not like dirt. News to me. I mean, isn't that what you do at the Jersey Shore or any beaches? You dig holes, but I guess you have to be careful. This hole cordoned off now. As uh, they try to figure out exactly what took place, maybe parts of the beach are unstable. Families were staying away the rest of the weekend. We're not going on the sand today. No, we're going we're gonna to stay off the sand today. We're just going to look. Yeah, back in 2022, an 18-year-old died after a hole he was digging in the sand and Tom's River collapsed on him and suffocated him. So it's real.
All right, 545, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Alec. Yes, you have found me, Noah Mahaley. <laughs> when we get on the hardwood here, the Knicks lost a nail-biter to the Rockets on the road in Houston by a score of 105-103. to 103, Thanks to a call referees ultimately said was wrong. Aaron Holiday had 18 points capped by two free throws after the disputed foul call by Jalen Brunson behind the three-point line to lift the Rockets to the victory. Precious Achua blocked a short shot by Jalen Green, and Holiday grabbed the ball beyond the arc and shot it as Branson rushed out at him and was called for a foul. After the game, crew chief Ed Malloy said that in live action, they believe, quote, the lower body contact was illegal contact, but their opinion changed following a replay review. Brunson was asked about what he thought of the foul three different times and answered with the same four words each time. Great call. Next question. There you have it. Great call. Next question. <laughs> Moving on here. Brunson had 27 points and Dante DiVincenzo scored 23 as the Knicks lost their third straight. Tonight, the Nets return to action at home, getting set to welcome in the Boston Celtics for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. On the ice at the Garden, the Rangers needed a top-flight performance from their starting goalie, and Shesterkin gave them one from start to finish against the Calgary Flames, stopping 30 shots for his first shutout of the season and route to New York's 2 to nothing win and their fifth in a row. Will Cooley and uh, Jimmy Vesey scored for the first place Rangers, who were 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight games. Shesterkin recorded his 12th career shutout and second straight win to improve to 21-12-1 on the season. Out in Newark, All-Star Jack Hughes had a goal and an assist for his first point since being injured in early January. Nico Dawes made 27 saves, and the Devils beat the Seattle Kraken 3-1, handing the Kraken their third straight loss. Tyler Toffoli and Dawson Mercer also scored for Jersey, which swept the two-game season series with Seattle. The Devils have allowed just one regulation goal in each of the last two games, losing to Carolina 1-0 on Saturday. They'll see if they can uh, keep it rolling here on the road tonight, gearing up for a visit to Nashville to face off the Predators at 8 p.m. The Islanders will lace them up tonight as well, hosting the aforementioned Seattle Kraken for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. That is Sports Noah Man. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. As you're hearing from Joe, the storm, the big story of the day. New York City says they're prepared for up to eight inches of snow heading our way. They're urging New Yorkers to take it easy today. Here's the mayor. Uh, we have not had any significant snowfall for quite some time. In fact, it was amazing how little salt we had to use last year. Uh, but, you know, the time has come. You know, Mother Nature does what she wants to do. Sanitation trucks taking to the roadways it was about midnight last night. They are putting salt down every street, highway, bike lanes. They'll plow when accumulations hit about two inches or more. And we will be prepared to plow every street, every highway and every bike lane as soon as accumulations hit two inches or more. And there's this new technology that will follow the trucks around. And we also have new GPS technology. It's called Blade Runner 2.0 that allows us to surgically manage our salt spreading and our plowing operations. New York City public schools, they are remote today, which means you have to log on like you did back during the pandemic. City Schools Chancellor David Banks says the city's 900,000, that's the largest school system in this in the country, expected to be in class even if it's remote today. Long gone are the days of uh, uh, just a snow day and everybody just has off. Yeah, well, that's too bad. I mean, of course, we always look forward to that as kids. Uh, by the way, a lot of the suburban schools have called school off for the day and they truly do have the day off. There's no remote login. Banks says technical issues should not be an issue today since the city's 1,800 schools have been prepping for a like uh, day like this for months. And, of course, 
They went through this during the pandemic. It is the first remote school day since the pandemic. MTA says they plan to run normal service on buses, subways, and commuter rails during the storm as much as they can anyway. Uh, Metro North will run on a slightly modified schedule. Here's the MTA chair, CEO Jano Lieber. The subways and the commuter railroads are deploying snow-fighting trains, tow trucks, de-icing systems, to protect the tracks and the switches. That's the key, tracks and switches. The, the guess is, at least for northern parts of Metro North, LIRR, the easy part will be getting in. The harder part might be getting back home. We have 35 snow-fighting vehicles on sti- standby to clear our bus routes. He had 9,000 tons of de-icing material to give us all these stats. But basically, they say they're ready to clean up whatever comes. On bridges and tunnels, the MTA bridges and tunnels, we've got almost 9,000 tons of de-icing uh, material ready and 115 pieces of equipment actually in position. It's been a while since they've been able to pull out all that equipment and been able to use it. Metro North President Kathy Rinaldi here. We're probably not going to see as many people. So what we're trying to do is put together a schedule that maximizes the reliability of our system by not having as many switching moves over certain switch locations that tend to get a little bit iced up over a storm like this. Governor Hochul holding a presser late yesterday talking about New York's plans. Greatest impact will be on tomorrow's commute down states. The Rams is already Old schools, they'll be working remotely, much to the chagrin of the children, and heavy wet snow is expected in Long Island. So we are expecting to see in Long Island and New York City six to eight inches. The Hudson Valley and Catskills, anywhere from eight to 12 inches, and uh, up to 18 in some places, capital region, two to six inches. We are in for this once again. People have been accustomed to a fairly mild winter, so take all the necessary precautions. Stay tuned to your news. Uh, If you can work remotely, that's great because we want to make sure that our roads are clear for the plows, as always. In New Jersey, Governor Murphy says they're ready to handle the snow. Could bring up to a foot to parts of northern New Jersey. And as you've been hearing from Joel Nolan this morning, the snow starting to fall really heavy already in central New Jersey, causing accidents. Uh, Governor Murphy says the State Emergency Operations Center has been activated. State offices will operate on a delayed opening. Offices will open at 10 a.m., Murphy says, in cooperation with the New York and Pennsylvania commercial vehicle van, uh, van rather, is in effect. 2,500 pieces of equipment been deployed to make sure they can move this snow once it hits the streets. A winter storm warning for the following counties. Sussex, Warren, Morris, Hunterdon, Somerset, Passaic, Bergen, and Western Essex. Yeah, it's everywhere that people are listening to us this morning. And if uh, you're driving and see our crews tending to our roads, please clear the roadway and let them pass safely. Governor Murphy joking about the packs that Puxatani Phil seems to have gotten it wrong this year. You know, we saw Puxatani Phil last week, uh, and uh, I think it's fair to say he's led us astray uh, because this is not the following week that we were expecting. I don't want to leave anybody out. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman talking about the snow out there. And then that will continue throughout Tuesday. He's talking about the 90 plows that are going to be out to clean up the mess. Checking in with the National Weather Service, the meteorologist there, Jim Connolly talking about uh, how this storm will shape up. About one to two inches of snow going to fall when it gets really heavy about after uh, seven or so this morning. The rain will mix with and change the snow by, say, 7 a.m. Um, then we're going to be looking at snowy at times 
um, tapering off sometime after noon. Though I am looking out our studio windows as we speak, not a whole lot is happening. It was a rain-snow mix overnight. None of it is stuck here in the city, but in central Jersey, we're seeing that the streets are covered, so are the grass. So it's coming this way. The the city, this will be a sort of a more city and localized storm. You know, a lot of times these storms go north and west of us and don't hit us, but we'll be the center point of this one. Yeah, because the, tra- the storm is tracked a little bit south and east over the ocean, that brings the higher snow fall amounts further south so areas north and west of the city we've seen the amounts lowered as far as the forecast goes and amounts higher uh, raised across the east all right so it depends on which meteorologist you believe national weather service says here in the city six to eight inches and that looks like uh, most people agree within that realm six to eight inches of snow going to fall and the storm could be out of here this is going to be a really fast moving one could be out of here by uh, noon or one o'clock and uh, some of it starting a little earlier uh, in new jersey than people have anticipated so maybe we will start to see some snow covered streets here in the city a little earlier than anticipated either way make sure you keep it here 77 wabc all day long we'll have the latest on the storm of course joe will have all the alerts of the roadways and we'll have everything you need to know so keep us right here 77 wabc